her present. That's the Christian way, isn't it? Christ died, Christ is risen, Christ is coming again. I'm Charles Morris at haventoday.org. Changing lives, line by line and verse by verse. The Way, 101.1. Current events. Personal values. Political and social issues. Technology. Wars and tensions. Join us for the next hour to discuss and learn how the things happening in our world today point to God's prophetic word as signs of the times. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome in to our weekly look at Bible prophecy that we find in the world's news. These are the signs of the times for Friday, September 10th, 2021. As always, you can listen to episode 183 again or share it with a friend by visiting thewaymedia.net or downloading the Way Media app. Always lots of ways to subscribe to our podcast. Ask Pastor Mark your prophecy question, plus much more. Just go to Signs of the Times section on thewaymedia.net. Now, prophecy always keeps us on our toes, and so does this week's show, as Pastor Mark will share with us right now. That's right, Greg. Very special broadcast today. I'm very excited to have a special guest with us, Pastor Gino Geraci from South Denver Calvary Chapel, and now full-time, of course, been doing radio forever and ever and ever, 20 years now, right? Yeah, a little more than 20 years. Yeah, but we're the pastor there for 28 years at Calvary Chapel, South Denver, <laughs> and then, um, again, doing ministry for 30-some years now, and so... Excited to have you today because what a special surprise it is, and really just uh, we have here for the men's retreat mm-hmm. coming up, and um, and just want to take advantage to bring you in the uh, the studio to talk a little bit about you know what you're going to be doing with the men, and then also really spend a lot of time talking about what your viewpoint, some prophetic things that I think are appropriate <clears throat> to where we are right mm-hmm. now. And so, Gino, just who are you? What are we doing? And let's get into some some meat and potatoes here. Well, I'm the I formerly was the pastor of Calvary South Denver. I've been a part of the Calvary Chapel movement for many years. I In 1973, I got saved at Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa. I had the great privilege of being um, an assistant pastor and then the executive pastor at Calvary, uh, Calvary in Albuquerque. Some of your friends might be familiar with Skip Heidsig. Absolutely. He and I grew up together. We went to high school together and... Um, and then I got involved with um, a, a number of different things. I've served um, on the board of directors now of GotQuestions.org. I also um, worked as a chaplain for many, many years in local law enforcement agencies. And then I served as the chaplain of the FBI from 2005 to really? 2019. They're in Denver. Yeah, in, okay. in the Denver oh, wow. division. Wow, so that's great. So, dear, you know, we're coming up tomorrow as the anniversary of of uh, yeah, 9-11. 9/11. Yeah, yeah. And so Skip Heitzig and I spent 10 days doing 12-hour shifts at at Ground Zero 20 years ago. Wow, wow. And so, yeah, I've had the great privilege of working with um, wonderful men and women of God who have served the Lord for a long time. Yeah, no, it's great. And as I said, we're thrilled to have you. We're going to have a great men's retreat this weekend, yeah. tonight, and then tomorrow. And so it's going to be exciting. And, and while that's exciting, and, and I do want to talk about that, or mm-hmm. what you're going to just briefly, what you're going to share. And then I want to get into some more kind of, um, you know, one of the things about is while, while you're looking at Gino, just so our listeners yeah. know, Gino was interviewed. I mean, your radio shows two hours a day, five days a week. He's yeah, on the Salem Network. Yeah, he's interviewed some of the, the literally the top Christian leaders in the world mm-hmm. over these last twenty years. So, you know, honestly, your your um, your your bank of knowledge there and the stuff you know, I want to tap into okay. some of that. And so, I want to briefly hear what you're going to share with us as the men. Um, but then, I want to kind of talk about some of the prophetic. So, sure. let's let's get into that. What are you going to share with our men here? The well, next couple the, of days? the theme of the conference for me is servant leadership and so i'm going to be talking about the life of joshua and the appearances of joshua and then uh, the first chapter of joshua so the theme is the idea that 
Joshua was Moses' servant before he was Moses' successor. And when we first come in contact with Joshua, it's in Exodus 17, and there we see him, he's going to become the man of prayer. So we're going to be talking about some of these spiritual disciplines, the man of prayer, the man of vision, the man of devotion, the man who's loyal, the man of faith, the man who's filled with the Holy Spirit, the man of availability. And then, of course, um, in that opening chapter of Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 9, Moses dies, and now Joshua is going to have to assume the leadership that God has entrusted him. And so I talk about the preparation for leadership, the call to courage in the promised land, the call to courage in the power of God's word, and then the call to courage and in the presence of the Lord. And the whole point becomes, it's going to take great courage, let me just be blunt, not only to listen to God, but to obey God. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, that's so appropriate. We just did a conference at a conference at Stone Mountain this past week, and that was one of the main themes, courage. We need courage in the days that we live more than ever. So this is going to be a very appropriate, uh, wonderful conference. I can't wait. I'm mm-hmm. ready to start it now, which mm-hmm. we will tonight, but I'm excited about it. So, um, again, I wanted to hear that, but I don't, didn't want to waste too much time on that. Not that right. that's wasting time, but... Here's what I want to do, and, and again, I know that I can't really call you on the spot because you've got so much of a, of a, of a library to call on, but you know, we're a prophecy show, mm-hmm. and we do. We talk about prophecy. What do you think, Gino? Let's just kind of start it with this. Right now, um, the people you've talked to, the things you've seen, your own personal experience, mm-hmm. what is probably one of the most significant things right now we're dealing with prophetically as far as what we need to be watching for, what we see happening? Kind of a, you know, maybe even a, I don't know if a summation. We'll go deeper as we need to, but... If I was to say, which I am now, what would you say to us prophetically as a church where we are now from the people you're talking to, the things you've seen, what kind of, um, you know, what kind of counsel, where would you direct us in that? Just looking at, you know, my friend Skip Heitzig was sort of asked the same question. We, I asked him that question. Yeah. And he talked about the reality that Christianity is like two inches thick and across the nation, yeah. that there's not a substantive Christianity. If I were to ask and answer the question, what is the most significant prophetic event? It is the decline of the church. Yeah. Wow. It is the decline of the church. Because I know many people have asked you, well, why isn't America explicitly talked about in the Bible? I know that different people have different views, but one of the challenges might be because it's insignificant. In order for us to have a significant presence in the culture, I think what we have to do is the body of Christ has to be become the church. We have to, once again, if we're going to be salt and light in a culture in decline, my friend Erwin Lutzer, who's the former pastor of Moody Church, has written a book called We Will Not Be Silent. Mm. And, and, and it's really about the voice of the church saying, once again, know what the Bible says about any given subject is true. We're created in the image of God. Um, guess what? God create, creates the male and female. Guess what? Sin is the problem. Guess what? Jesus is the solution to the problem of sin. Mm-hmm. And so as we distance ourselves, so when we ask and we answer the question, is everything that the Bible says true? Yes. Is it true what it says about the past? Yes. Is it true what it says about the future? Mm-hmm. The answer is yes. Absolutely. And so that becomes part of the point. It's it, it it's it's where we don't just simply say what the Bible says about the future. Right. We invite people to believe what the Bible says about the future, but but always prefaced by we have to believe what the Bible says about you. Yeah. What does the Bible say about you? That I'm a sinner in need of a Savior, and that God's willing to forgive me yeah. and and to change me and to to uh, eventually I'm going to get to heaven. And so as as we were asking and answering the question what what does that mean in the here and the now? And I think what is going to happen is there's going to be a growing dissatisfaction with the selfism, selfishness, with the materialism and with the hedonism, the pleasure, you know, people will be lovers of their self. They'll be lovers of money. They'll be, they'll be, um, uh, uh, lovers of pleasure. Yes. And, and so the whole point becomes that the Bible predicts that in the last days, perilous times will come. That's right. And so I'm going to suggest to you, guess what? We're here. Yeah. We're here. The perilous times have come. Yeah. And because the perilous times have come, if ever there was a time for you to get right with God 
and then to take serious the Bible, yeah. it's now. Yeah, I just, that's a great answer, Gino, because what I've seen for years we've done as pastors, we've taught prophecy, and suddenly we see ourselves, of course, we've always seen prophecy fulfilled, but we're in the middle of what we talked about for so long in right. the last days. It is happening, that time of sorrows. I mean, you can argue about when you entered in or if we've entered in, but I'll tell you, the perilous times and all these things, they're happening and we're watching them happen. And you brought up something very significant that I've noticed here recently, what Skip said about two inches you know, deep and then extremely wide. The problem I've seen is, is the largest majority of the church, they don't know prophecy. And we have people coming in here that we're used to Calvary Chapel. We know prophecy. But I'm telling you, prophecy is not a big deal, as you know, in a lot of other churches, and they have no idea what's going on. When we, when I share with some of the new people coming in, it's almost like, well, we've never heard this, and why is it even important? Well, you know, the way I would answer that question is, imagine if I put it this way. 2% of the Christian community think seriously about prophecy. 3% think they think seriously about prophecy. 95% don't think about it at all. Oh, my goodness. Now, you gave those. Are those really from studies? No, I those just are, made okay, that up. Okay. <laughs> I made that up. But, but again. That's okay. No, no, no. I, but you're but, not, what, probably not far off. What, 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 what I'm trying to impress upon people is, again, how many people are really seriously thinking about what the Bible says That's right. about this given situation. Yeah. So we have to avoid the extremes. You know, I, I got saved in 1973, um, in March of 1973. In October, the 1973 war occurred. I mean, um, I wasn't saved in 1967, but in 1973 I was saved, and there was this profound sense that we're coming to the end of an age. Yeah. And then fast forward to 1981, and then 88 reasons why Jesus is going to yep, come in 88. Yep, I remember. And then Y2K in the year 2000. We've sort of been living on this apocalyptic edge. And almost we're coming up on almost 50 years now. A wise pastor, Paul Smith, Chuck's brother, he said to me, live your life like Jesus is going to come today, but prepare your life like he's calling you to a lifetime of ministry. That's great. That is great. And so... Again, I think we have to think about living our lives as if Jesus is coming back at any moment, but yeah. now we have to begin to pray and prepare. What if, what if, we're not talking about some sort of apocalyptic scenario, but what if we're talking about, what if your children and your grandchildren, that there's still some unfinished business? And the way, the way that I think about this, again, from a prophetic standpoint, is that grace always precedes judgment. Yeah. Grace precedes judgment. Mm. But there's an inevitable time of judgment. There was a time when Noah and his family were ordered into the ark. Yeah. But if you remember from Genesis chapter 7, it was seven days. There was a seven-day period of grace where he goes, and yet seven days I'm going to judge the earth. Noah and his family were invited on board. Everybody else was on board. If you remember in the text, it says that God closed the door, right. and then the judgment came. Yeah. You, Everyone listening to me knows, at least I hope they do, that Jesus is the provision that God has made in order to escape judgment. Amen. So again, when we're talking about prophecy, these are some of the elements that I, I constantly think about. Yeah. I love, love, love fossils yeah. and arrowheads and stuff like that. And uh, when I'm teaching my children and grandchildren, I'll hold up a fossil and I go, when you see a fossil, what do you think about? And they go, what? And I said, Judgment. This wow. fossil is proof that what God said is true wow. when he judged the earth, mm -hmm. but then he's going to make a, a, a provision of salvation. So we're back to what I said earlier. Yeah. Everything that the Bible has said about the past, it's true. Yeah. Everything that the Bible predicted about the life and ministry and death and resurrection of Jesus, it's true. Wow. Everything that the Bible says about the future, it's true. That's right. If if everything has happened exactly as the Lord said it would in the past, why would we doubt the rest now? That is great. Now, another thing, this is another question I want to ask you, and that is this. We had somebody to one of our pastors the other day, other day say, why is prophecy even important? Why does that even matter to a Christian? Do we really even need to look at it? What's the big deal? And, and what is the reason for it? Who cares, basically? What would you say to that person saying, why is prophecy I, I, I important? I would say that the reason why prophecy is important, because it's God's testimony 
that what the Bible says is true. Absolutely. Remember what prophecy is. It's forth-telling or truth-telling. Right. And so for every human being, again, who's ever read the Bible, 33% of the Bible is prophecy. Mm. That means one out of every, every three verses has something to do with what God says about an important subject, again, in the future. Yeah. And so the way that I would I would talk about it is I would say this is God's stamp of approval. There's a reoccurring theme in the Old Testament, primarily in the book of Isaiah, that when God says something, it's going to happen yeah. and it's going to come to pass. There are people who allege that they're psychics or that they can predict the future. And it's been my experience that they've gotten it wrong almost every single time. Yeah. <laughs> but the Bible has gotten it right every single that's right, time. That's right. And so that would be the other thing. Prophecy not only legitimizes the authenticity and the integrity of the Bible, but it also gives us hope. Yeah. It also gives us hope. I, I'm fond of saying this, Mark. There's two kinds of people in the world. Italian people and people who wish they were. No, there's two <laughs> kinds of people in the world. Those who have hope... And those who need hope. Thank you. Thank you for that. Those who have hope and those who need well, hope. And, and yeah, prophecy yeah. literally gives you hope. Yeah, that was going to lead into my next question, which you may you really have answered. What is the effect uh, of prophecy? Here's another reason it's so important. What's the effect of prophecy in the believer's life? Is it gives hope. And I think also, in addition, uh, there seems, I mean, a peace. It gives you, you look at what's going on in the world today. You know, Gino, everything's going crazy right now, as you know. And um, people that don't know what's going on, I mean, they're freaking out. And yet, because we know that Jesus has made promises, we know that he's in control, regardless of how out of control everything looks, we have that hope, and the effect on the believer's life is very important. And I think about two passages of Scripture. In, yeah. in chapter 15 of Romans, in verse 4, it says, For whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we through the patience and the comfort of Scriptures might have hope. And then in verse 13 of Romans 15, it says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy yeah. and peace and believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me just be blunt. With your listener. If you're suffering from joy and peace deficit disorder right now, if there's a profound absence of joy, if there's a profound absence of peace in in your life right now, I might just invite you to reconsider the place that hope might play yeah. in your, your life. Yeah. That hope becomes medication. And again, if for whatever reason you need hope. Remember what the text says. Whatever things were written it, before were written for our learning, that we through the patience and the comfort of the scriptures might have hope. The Bible is the source of hope. Note, God is called the God of all hope. God has a lot of names, as you know. Yeah. But again, there seems to be the acquisition and the declaration of the name that you need right when you need it. And if people are listening right now, and I, I, I'm, I know that there are people who are suffering. They're facing the loss of a job. Yeah. They, they've heard what the president um, yeah. said. Th th there are people who are listening right now who, who, are, who are making the hard, hard decision. Mm hmm what am I going to do? What if my boss says, if I don't take the vaccine, I'm going to lose my job? Right. What am I? And, and again, I'm not here to tell you to take the vaccine or not to take the vaccine. I am here to affirm that you have the right to make that choice. Right. That the person who's best equipped to make the choice that's best for you is you. That's right. That's right. That's that's really good. So so then again, you talk about hope here, Gino, and this is a great subject here for, for what oh. we're looking at right now. So we're looking at people that might be losing a job. They may have had um, a family member that died of COVID. They may be right. making the decision about a shot or no shot or whatever. So, and they're saying right now, well, you know what? Um, I appreciate this, you know, Gino, but I, I'm lacking hope. And you've already shown ways mm -hmm. to find that. But what would be, I mean, you, I mean, how do you find that hope in the midst of this mess? I mean, I know it's there's a lot of you know basic answers there, but where would you point their eyes right now? They're saying all these things are happening. Prophecy a part of that encouragement, but what'd be the main focal point of hope that you've kind of already covered for those really looking for hope right now? Well, again, it's the constant reminder of of what the Bible says that there's a sovereign God in control. There, that there is a, a sovereign God who orders the beginning and the middle. And the end. Amen. There's a sovereign God. The, the 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 psalmist said, God sits on the throne and he's gonna do 
whatever he wants to do. That's right. Now, you might be thinking, it seems to me that somebody else is sitting on the throne Mm -hmm. and they're making me do what I don't want to do. Right. And what I'm here to say to you, like Jesus said to Peter, you you used to live your life and you used to go wherever you wanted to go and do whatever you wanted to do. And there may come a point where someone might compel you to do something that you're uncomfortable with. But make no mistake about it. If you're doing what God wants you to do, if you are willing to submit to Jesus and trust him and say, Lord, I need you to help me have the strength to comply with what you want from me, then guess what? Hope and peace is going to follow. And so that hope and peace is now going to be reinforced with confidence. And then again, now we're back to the prophetic element. The prophetic element, there's a reason why the second coming of Jesus is called the blessed hope. Right, right. It's the blessed hope. You know, I got saved a very long time ago. And when I received Christ as my Savior, like many people, a person prayed with me. They opened up the Bible, and they turned the Bible to 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. This is the first passage that was read to me as a born-again, Bible-believing believer, a person who's now the scales have dropped, my eyes have opened, and this person read this out loud to me. He said, Behold what manner of love the Father's lavished on us or or given to us that we should be called the children of god and such we are and it does not yet appear what we shall be but we know this that when he shall appear we shall be like him because we will see him as he is and everyone who has this hope in his heart purifies himself even as he is pure and so that 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 passage was read to me now almost 50 years ago wow but guess what? And it's that was fifty years ago. It does not yet appear what we shall be. Yeah. Now I'm fifty years down the road. I'm da- I'm fifty years down the road. And for many of you, you might be thinking, it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know this: that when He shall appear, make no mistake about it. You woke up this morning and you were thinking about a lot of different things. But God was thinking about how he's going to make you like Jesus. And because he's the Lord of the universe, he has all of the resources at his disposal to accomplish his goal. And so make no mistake about it. You're not in that circumstance accidentally or even superficially. There's, There's a sovereign God who's ordering and orchestrating. And sometimes, I know it sounds cheesy, it sounds almost cliche, but once you experience profound sorrow and grief, yeah, you begin to have the first taste of, of profound comfort. Mm. People who, you know, it was A.W. Tozier who said um, that when God wants to use a man, he will hurt him deeply. Wow. Wow. And wow. so, guess what? Maybe some of the trials and the, and the problems that you're facing right now, God is at work. He is at work. Yeah. No, that is, that's so great. And I just, again, you know, the ultimate hope we have, even if the worst thing that can happen to us, you know, as you know, is, is in, in our mindset down here anyway, the worst mindset of some right now may be listening. What if I die? What if something happens? But for the believer, that's, that's the greatest moment of our life. Yeah. And, and that's and, the ultimate hope. And it's hard for us to believe what the psalmist said when the psalmist said, precious in the sight of the Lord yeah. are the death of his saints. Yeah. And again, when you lose your wife, your son or your daughter, it doesn't feel precious. It feels heartbreaking. But again, once again, it becomes a testimony to the importance of that person in your life. But I have to believe that what God says is true. Precious, not not horrible, it's precious in the sight of the Lord, is the death of his saints. Yeah. And if that's true, and I, I believe that it is, yeah then we we can say for many people death isn't the end of a pointless life it's the beginning of a life that makes sense amen amen i love it that's great so no i love it this is good stuff you know gino um let me ask you this now because i want to make sure we don't run out of time here i want to ask another important question what would be from your viewpoint as a very experienced and, and older pastor and all the interviews you've done and what you see happening in the world, what do you see right now as the mo- – there's so many things going on. It's going to be a hard question, but 
Is there something you see as the number one or most, I guess, most important prophetic thing happening at the moment that you see this transition around the world? Is there something that's like, okay, there's a lot of things happening prophetically, but this one thing seems to be leading the pack at the moment. Well, is there anything know, or is yeah, it just you a know, conglomeration? Again, you know, obviously there's so many things that come yeah. to my mind. I think about the destabilization in the Middle East and all of that other stuff. Yeah. But in moments of honesty and clarity, to me, the thing that literally stands out the most is that the strategies of Satan yeah. are beginning to work. Yeah. The strategies of Satan, remember, Satan's strategies have never changed. He's always wanted human beings, and particularly Christians, to be ignorant of God's word. And if he can't make you ignorant of God's word, he'll try to make you impatient with God's will and word. Mm. And if he can't make you ignorant or impatient, then he's going to try and make you act independently of God's word. And so, again, I know it sounds like a broken record. Maybe it's just because I am who I am. My call isn't a call to reinforce the culture. My call is a call for Christians to be Christians at this moment in yeah. time and yeah. space. Yeah, yeah, that's great. That's great. Uh, you know, one of the things we were talking about, and I know you know this, Gino, you know, God could have had us born any generation, and right now he's got Gino Geraci right now on the radio in this generation. He's got me here right now. This We are the generation, and if he chose us to be in this generation, that means he's going to give us what we need to be triumphant in this generation and to lead people to Christ in this generation. So a lot of people thinking, wow, this is a hard time to be alive right now. Really, in many ways, it's a privilege to be alive right now because you were handpicked as a believer right now out there. You were handpicked by God. He could have had you any time, any generation. This is the one he chose, and now's your time to shine. Billy Graham famously said, God didn't call me to preach to the generation that came before me. He didn't call me to preach to the generation that came after me. But he called me to preach to this generation. It's just, yeah. it's funny when he says it, it's just yeah. sounds, it sounds like way more important. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, that's great. Some people like the accent. No, really, that's great. Well, I had to I, learn how to speak North Carolina. I know I'm in Tennessee, but I had to speak, I had to learn how to speak like North Carolina. That's right. That's exactly right. So anyway, obviously a lot of good voices there, which we talked about before the show, but the greatest voice, just just... A blessing to have you here, Gino. It's so good. I look forward to what's going to happen. Um, you know, uh, just with the men's retreat and all that's happening and what God's put on your heart for us and what he's going to, you know, just what's going to happen this so weekend. Can people so. still sign up for this men's yeah, retreat? Yeah, as a matter of fact, I'm, well, you know, yes. If anybody's listening right now and they want to come, they can still sign up right now. And you can come here, Gino, live. Again, we start tonight at 7 o'clock. And then we're going to be tomorrow um, starting. What is the start time? Um, how, is it 8.30? It, no, it's, at, it's 7. Uh, no, I wow. mean tomorrow morning. Oh, tomorrow, tomorrow morning. morning. That, yeah, that's I'm eight. Not, that's eight thirty. However, seven to eight thirty. The important thing for guys to remember is if they come with cash in hand tonight. Yeah. The food order has already been locked down and done. Yeah, so that's you, right. you won't get come. lunch. You won't get lunch tomorrow. But oh, we'll okay. have time. You can run. But you get can lunch still feed on to. the word with yeah. Pastor Gina. But there may be some right now listening. Yeah, actually, that do want to come. And I would invite you. You're welcome to come and join us. We'd love to have you with us, and it's going to be a great time. I look forward to it. A sweet time of fellowship, and more than ever, we need to be strengthened in the in the Amen. family of God right now. I mean, we really more and more we're becoming all we have. We have the Lord, but here. This is what we have. The world's not going to be our friend very much longer. They're not too much of a friend now and never really have been, but this is where the family's going to be. And so this is a great time to reinforce that. So, um, it's been a pleasure to have you. You know, I'm, Gino, like I said, I look forward to what's happening this weekend, but just to kind of hear your heart now and, and let you kind of share with what's going on. This is an exciting show for me because we've got to have you the first half. And then for those that are, you know, didn't realize this, we have Patty Height who will be here. Sunday, sharing about a lot of the gender issues and the same-sex issues that She's are taking a place. Person. Yes, she is very gifted. She spent was it yesterday at she was at Maryville Christian. Today she was at Berean. She's going to be with us on Sunday morning, which would invite our listeners to be here for that as well. And um, and then she'll be uh, with our youth group and our college group, all the different groups. But she's going to be here in the second half, which is yeah. exciting. So we got you the first half, which is a great blessing. And now we're going to have Patty in the second half. So just a great show. And again, I really appreciate you being here, Gina. What a and blessing! It's a pleasure. To be here and again i want to encourage people if you want to know more um go to gotquestions.org yes. I, I obviously go to gotquestions.org and we have 
literally tens of thousands of biblically-based answers to your most important Bible questions. I love it. Love That's it. great. Maybe we'll have him back to do some prophecy impersonations, that'd be, yeah, which would yeah, be great. Be Pastor great. Gino, thanks. we got Patty Height coming up next. Signs of the Times continues right after this. W-I-A-M-L-P. 101.1 FM, Knoxville. It's Crazy Money Day. Hey, I'm Chuck Bentley with My Money Life from Crown. Do you have any old, unopened video games laying around? When you hear this, you'll wish you had. Heritage Auctions in Dallas, Texas, recently sold an unopened copy of Nintendo's The Legend of Zelda. It was created in a limited production run in late 1987. The auction price? $870,000. With a price like that, it's worth checking to see if you have any old unopened games packed away. Gaming saw massive growth during the pandemic. It became a social lifeline during lockdowns. The gaming industry generated $162 billion in 2020 with video game profits. It's expected to reach $180 billion this year thanks to smartphones. The interesting thing is that gaming with others reinforces that we were made for community. People suffered greatly during the initial lockdowns. Quarantining was and remains difficult. Isolation draws us away from others, and soon the world revolves around us. Healthy community provides encouragement when we're down. It's a place to celebrate and rejoice, or grieve and be comforted. The church is one place to serve and be served. Your job or workplace, schools and neighborhoods are other places to find community. Limit your game playing and prioritize being with people. The more you do it, the more comfortable you'll become. It's your opportunity to be salt and light to a needy world. Just remember us if you auction away any old games. If you're struggling with credit card debt, I recommend Christian Credit Counselors. They can create a debt management plan that will work for you. For more information, call the Crown Helpline, 800-722-1976, or visit online at crown.org slash ccc. A Moment of Grace with Ed Taylor. Backsliding is the exact opposite of God's desire for your life and mine. He's not wanting us to go backwards, but go forward. That's why we need to take practical precautions. And the number one thing that will keep you and me from backsliding is doing what you hear. That's what James said. James said that faith without works is dead. It's lifeless. Anyone can depart from the faith and backslide. I don't care how long you've been a Christian. I don't care how many Bible verses you've memorized, how many times you've read through the Bible. It doesn't matter how many songs you know. It doesn't matter how long you've been a pastor or a Sunday school teacher. It doesn't matter. None of those things matter. Any of us can backslide. You can learn more at edtaylor.org. Grow deeper in your love relationship with Jesus by visiting edtaylor.org. This has been a Moment of Grace with Ed Taylor. Signs of the Times now continues. Here again is your host. Welcome back, everyone, to the second half of our weekly look at Bible prophecy in the world's news. These are the Signs of the Times for Friday, September 10th, 2021. I'm your host, Greg Hilt. Pastor Mark Kirk has our second guest in the studio with us. And uh, quite honestly, uh, Patty Heights' ministry is prophetic. And we're going to talk about why that is right now. Yes, and what a special show today is. First having Pastor Gino, and now Patty having you, one of my favorite people in the world. And um, what a blessing you are. Patty's been on the show with us before, and I don't think we were able to see you last time. I think I don't know if we had the cameras in place last time. If we were, I don't. This may be new to our listeners to see Patty. I don't think they were. So hey, there's Patty. And so again, guys, just to give you a quick update, Patty again, such a sweet sister in the Lord, called by the Lord to really minister to the same sex community and dealing with a lot of the gender issues and all that goes with that. And so, um, uh, you know, again, just kind of throwing you on the show here at last minute. But there's so much you can talk about. Like I said, there's a library in that brain, and I know that. 
And so, uh, first of all, um, again, you can share about just briefly your ministry, what it is, and then why you're here this Sunday, and then we'll go from there. So what did, what is your ministry, and why are you here? My ministry, it's so good to see you yes, again, yes, both yes. my brothers. I love you guys <laughs> so much. And my ministry, the, the name the Lord gave to me for the ministry is Out of Egypt Ministries, right. in the sense of this spiritual Egypt, this place of bondage and slavery right. that I was entangled in, that was my home like Egypt. It was my place of security like Egypt. It's where I got fed like those in Egypt, but it was also a place of slavery and bondage that I just got used to it because it was my place of comfortability and it was actually my place of identity. And so my spiritual Egypt was a place of my own self-proclaimed gender identity and sexual identity. Understandable that I proclaimed the identity that I did uh, because of the experiences that I experienced in life that led me to the deception that I could live with a gender non-conformed identity as well as a uh, same-sex attracted, therefore gay identity. So I, I identified that way, which was a deceptive identity, which is understandable that I went that way, right, right, but right. just because it was understandable according to my experiences doesn't mean that it was okay That's right. to identify that way. Yeah. But my feelings led me there. My understandable feelings led me to that identity, yeah. but just because my feelings were very strong and understandable doesn't take that deception and turn it to truth. Right. Truth is truth no matter what, and that's a lie right. is a lie no yeah. matter what. Yeah, no, that's wonderful. And, and again, your testimony is amazing. I don't want to take up the whole time on that, although it's fantastic. That can be a show, and I think that was the show last time, a lot of it. Um, God just came after you and got you, and he I love did. it. No, I love it, because he grabbed me out of the clubs. He kind of came after me. I wouldn't be even a church when I got saved. It's it, it kind of a lot of similar ways. He comes after us. I love it. Um, they call him the Hound of Heaven for a reason, you know. But with that said, um, that's been your experience. God's using you in amazing ways all over the country and really all over the world. You've traveled, I know, doing this. Uh, here, you've already, since you've been here, you've been at uh, Berean Christian. You've been at Miraville Christian, sharing with the students there. You'll be with us Sunday. Sharing and by the way, let me, so I don't forget, uh, Patty will be here Sunday morning. Um, all three services for those who want to join us. And if you have family and friends, or maybe you're having some questions about gender things on a personal level that you really are curious about and you want answers, then this is a great Sunday to come just to hear Patty's heart and let her talk about it. But with that said, Patty, I, there's, I know there's so much we could talk about, and we'll see where this goes. I want to let God lead it. But I have an initial kind of kickoff point, and that is this. With what's going on in the whole gender community, same-sex community, with the real push that's going on right now with all the different things that are happening, what is one of the major things right now that you think could is one of the most important issues? They're all so important. But to bring up right now, and it made me some of the things you shared with the students yesterday and today, but is there is there really kind of a heartbeat of where you think it is and your, what's really on your heart the most right now for the same-sex or gender-confused community? Thank you for asking. Yes. and. Believe it or not, it's encompassing more than those with just an LGBT identity. But what the Lord has been putting on my heart recently to really get a better knowledge and understanding of, I already understand all the the same-sex attraction and the gender stuff. I've lived it. But the Lord wants me to have a better understanding of progressive Christianity. Interesting. Because those that uh, proclaim they are a progressive church— which is, let me digress for one second, yeah. which is interesting because Jesus says it is finished, so what are we going to progress into? Anyways, right. um, those who have an LGBT identity, therefore call themselves gay Christians, generally find themselves going to progressive churches. Mm-hmm. And I, I believe, well, I know, and therefore believe they are preaching a false gospel, which to me, can be uh, seemingly a little more dangerous than not knowing the gospel at all. And thinking that you have security in salvation when you're actually basing that on a false God that you've made up to fit into your mold and your character instead of uh, bowing before him and his character. Yeah, rather than uh, recreating or your viewpoint or changing to what God says we're to be and who we are and that created in his image, 
in essence, we're creating, they're creating their own God and saying, it's okay, and we've created this, and now you're being accepted. And like you said, false deception, uh, a false sense of, uh, you know, I'm going to be okay, I'm going to be in heaven, I'm going to do this, and they've been deceived. Deception stinks. Yes. Listen, yes. man, I lived in deception for, for 36 years. Right. And that's why my, my tagline, so to speak, is out of Egypt ministries from the depths of deception to the triumphs of truth. I love it. I because love it. the deception I was experiencing didn't seem as if it was deception. It was my reality, but I didn't realize I was worshiping myself. Wow. And wow. when we create our own truth according to what seems right versus according to God's word, yeah. we get all we go all over the place. And I know oftentimes when I share, I talk about how God met me uh through uh the book the book of Leviticus in, yeah. in Leviticus eighteen twenty two, which says a man shall not lie with a male as he does with a woman. Right. That intrigued me. It brought me one step closer to God, but I was like, well, I was just talking about guys. I'm a girl. Maybe I'm okay. Mm-hmm. The Lord then led me to the book of Romans. And when I got to chapter, when I read chapter one and I got to verses 26 and seven, it says, for this reason, God gave them up to vile passions. For even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise, also the men, so we know that word likewise is now connecting these two verses is the same thought. Right, right. Likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust for one another, men with men committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error, which was due. So this is is talking about women with women and men with men, but it starts off with... For this reason. So we have to look back now Mm -hmm. in context and say, for what reason? What were you talking about before this? So if we look at the verses prior to verse 26, it goes just, uh, I'll try to do it quickly and and paraphrase it in in chapter, in verse 20 of chapter one. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, that's us, even his eternal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse. So basically, just just look around. God is real. And then it continues going on saying, you know what, this is true. It's it's out there. I, you can see me in everything, but in the futility of your own thoughts, your hearts were darkened. You pretended to be wise within yourselves instead of looking to me and asking me for the wisdom to get through life. And you started worshiping, it says here, you started worshiping the creature instead of the creator who yeah. is blessed forever. Yeah. Then it says, for this reason. Yeah. And so the epitome of same-sex relationships is self-worship yeah there's nothing more self-centered than entering into an intimate sexual relationship with someone just like wow that is so profound i mean i I don't want to cut you off i want to keep you going but i gotta say this that's exactly what god says in the old testament they worship the idols because they work people worship gods that are most like them Mm -hmm. he makes the point you worship a god that has a a head two arms two legs a body and they worship these gods like them because in essence they're worshiping self and rather than being created by god and realizing that they're creating their own god they're making god in their image rather than realizing they've been made in god's image Mm -hmm. now you 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 i don't want to stop your train of thought there uh, did you have something else you want to add on that? Well, before well I just so I, I believe as as the Holy Spirit is leading Paul to write this, he's like, you have a lot of self worship, and yeah. let me give you an example of what that looks like. And that's why he be- because in context, it's like, why would you all of a sudden be talking about something sexual yeah. now? Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. Paul, I believe, was giving an example of what self worship looks like. I think that's great. in in this type of sexual. Yeah. Relationship. So, will you answer one of my other questions I was going to ask? Is that isn't isn't it just the Old Testament that talks about that? And you brought that in. No, it's very clearly in the New Testament as well. Now, there's another thing I know you've heard, Patty. I want your comment on this, and that is this. Um, I'm hearing recently a lot of things like, well, uh, the wording in the Bible has been changed recently, and, and it didn't even talk about things such as same-sex or homosexuality or whatever. That's something that the writers have put in now because of their own agenda and their own whatever. Have you heard that and been addressed with that? I'm sure you have. I want to hear your comment on that. Yes, there's actually a documentary coming out uh, concerning this situation, which I'm not going to tell you what it is okay. because I don't want anybody to watch it. Yeah. But, but you can debunk it right now. <laughs> yes, but it's it's talking about when the word homosexual in the English language was used in 
the Bible in First Corinthians chapter six right. and such like that, and how Paul took two words. Or it's Greek, so it's very. I'm going to not say it the correct way, but right. arsenicoitus, right. something to that. Anyways, what it is 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 men and beds, men bedding together, Whoa. and and so in context, Paul found a way to talk about. Um, a new word he brought together using right. two words, which he's done biblically before. Right. And he's like, I re- really want to make this point across that a man and a man intimately sharing a bed together is not God's yeah. design. And so there is a group of people that claim to be gay Christians that have dug into history trying so hard to find words to or uh, old bibles to say this word was never used but it is the word of of god the word airplane was never used that's right well the word bible's not in the bible exactly (laughs) exactly but if if we take the context the bible has a narrative yes there's a story throughout the whole bible right and it's jesus yeah and he is our bridegroom, and we are his bride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we are to look to him in authority as the head over us, as we see also biblically in in Ephesians and in Timothy talking about uh, God has given man that authority over the earth, yeah. as well as over the relationship that a man has intimately, therefore, sexually with another person, which would be a woman, which we call his wife. He has that authority over them, but he doesn't lord it over them, just like Jesus does with us. And I could continue on with that, but what I'm trying to say is that all the relationships through the Word of God are opposite sex relationships. So the narrative is Jesus, and then when we talk about relationships and sexuality in the Bible Everything is between a man and a woman. The sexual parts of the Bible that show us what it looks like the right way, as well as the parts of the Bible that show us what it looks like the wrong way, including yeah. adultery. The Bible talks a lot about sexual situations. Yeah, it it talks about rape. Yep. And every time it talks about sexuality, it's always between a man and a woman, the right, right. way and the wrong way, except for five verses okay. that talk about sexual relationships relationships between men and men and women and women and every single time it talks about it the narrative is one that shows it is outside of god's will Mm. and it's wrong so regardless of whatever one word we use the whole narrative of the bible indicates that same-sex relation same-sex behavior is wrong and there's nothing in the bible that talks about same-sex relationships yeah that's exactly it's right. a new concept well and as you know some try to say and and, and you know david and you know jonathan so you hear that kind of stuff as well there's no biblical backing for anything or anything in the language no wording that is just built in there again by those wanting to find what they're trying to find one we all love to have an intimate friendship like Absolutely. jonathan and david have Absolutely. we have moved so far away from yeah. intimacy in our friendships yeah. that now if if you know, women hold hands together walking down the street. It's it's looked as at as sexual. Yeah. Men in other countries still hold hands when they walk down the street. The Middle East, mm-hmm. yeah, they do it absolutely. Mm-hmm. Very accepted and and part of the culture. But I I think for me, if I knew when I was younger how to have an intimate, solid, really good friendship with another girl, it may have directed me enough in a different direction to where I wouldn't have had to, I wouldn't have been longing for it to turn sexual. Mm. I was looking for intimacy not sex i could i could i would have been fine without sex sure i was longing for intimacy that led to sex because i thought that's what intimacy meant and in a proper relationship Mm -hmm. you get that intimacy without Mm -hmm. being outside of god's God's amen yeah amen Uh, wonderful just wonderful now a little change of gears okay because i want to make sure we have plenty of time to talk about this if if necessary and i know there's a lot of subjects i can bring up the parents are out there listening right now and the schools have a lot of agendas and things going on that are obviously outside of Scripture and the Bible and where that is. So what would you say, if you could speak to the parents, what should they be watching for? What's going on with our kids in the school system that they need to be aware about and be watching for? Because remember, you know, the enemy, the, the school has them a lot longer oftentimes than even the parents do in some 
instances of that wait time, if you will. What's going on and how do we protect the kids and what do parents need to know? What are you seeing right now? Because I know you're on top of this stuff. Please go to every meeting at your school or in your school district that allows parents to come. Make sure you're there. If you can't be there, make sure you're you're husband or your wife are there make sure somebody in your family is there listening and you have to listen very careful carefully you have to read behind the lines because just like the government does with bills you know like you know a b a b 455 in california um started off initially as a bill of vaccine mandates with a different number to it and it didn't pass so they're like well now we're going to sneak it in back door through this way but praise god there was enough people on top of it that we all noticed that so uh, the curriculum that's coming into schools is not going to be named sex education anymore right it's not going to be called a health class anymore it's going to I, I can't even make up a name, but they will put a very um, kind of generic generic name yeah, yeah, to yeah, it. Yeah. And so every single class and subject, everything that your junior high, well, your elementary, your junior high, or your high school um, offers, you need to know whether your child is taking that class or not. And then everything that your child brings home on their computer if they bring books home anymore i don't even know i don't have children but whatever they bring home you have to take it and scroll through every single link every single thing with some of the uh schools across the country i'm not familiar with tennessee laws i I apologize for that but places in california or in oregon or new jersey and in new york more progressive states they have passed these laws to where they just they're like we we're not going to teach sex but we're just going to bring in those who identify as gay in history so you know you know like there's black there's black history month Mm -hmm. there's gay history month there's women history month and um i don't know there's sorry there's not yeah much for white middle-aged guys month sorry (laughs) sorry mark they're not gonna learn at all about you in school (laughs) so that's funny that's funny but but so what they're doing is is they're giving the teachers they're like you can pick whatever gay person in history that you want to talk about and so it's like okay well they're just teaching them okay there's there's been gay people in history what harm is that to kids they they need to know about gay people but because they're allowing the teachers to pick out the curriculum themselves, yeah. they're picking out uh, poets, artists, and they're showing very uh, sexual art pictures on mm-hmm. their screens at school or very pornographic speaking poems. Oh. And so it's you really just have to dig in and sit and talk to your child yeah. and Keep that open door of communication and let them know that you are a safe place to talk about this. Because if they bring this stuff home and they see you get overwhelmed or excited and go off like, this is crazy. How dare they? And and all this. It doesn't necessarily feel like a safe place for your child to share these things with. Interesting. Mm -hmm. But if you say, okay, well, thank you for letting me know this is what it's being shared at your school. And the next question needs to be, how does this make you feel? Wow. How does this make you feel? Because it's about your child. Yeah. And yeah. if your child is willing to open up because you're a safe place, you know, they might say, it makes me feel a little uncomfortable, mom. Yeah. And then you can say, well, let's discuss this and see if we can get you um, out of this book or out of this assignment. That's good. And That's if they good. say, well, it doesn't really bother me at all then you can say now here's your opportunity and to ask them well how do you feel about lgbt identity and ideology Mm -hmm. and and concerns tell me how you feel about that or they might say well yeah mom i learned about this gay poet and it really hit a chord with me because i kind of understand what he was talking about or now's a great opportunity for me to tell you mom i kind of have same-sex attraction so Again, then that response needs to be, wow, thank you for sharing that for me. I'm so glad the Lord 
brought this topic up so that we could talk mm-hmm. about this. Thank you for trusting me to share this with me. Let's ask the Lord where we go from here. So, you know, what a loving approach to get the conversation started and to bring healing, because the response of a lot of parents is going to be fear and panic, going, how dare you get away from that? This you, is awful. Yeah, you were raised in a Christian home. Yeah, you know what the be, Bible says. It's going to be so harshly hit that it might actually drive them away, rather than exactly. saying, well, now we can work through this by knowing the Word of God and the Holy Spirit working. So that's a great approach, and we, just so encouraging and over the parents. Um, and something else too with this. Now we're talking about like, so what ages now? Are we how low is this going in ages here, Patty? I just shared. If you want to go to my YouTube page, it's just Patty Height, P A T T I, and then height like how tall you are. I just did like a two-hour Zoom message there called equipping equipping moms of young kids. This is great, and that's mm-hmm. at Patty Height. Tell again what that is. Patty Height. On YouTube, just type in Patty Height YouTube and then maybe type in the word equipping and that message should come up. And it's I'm sharing with these young moms how to talk to their five year olds, six year olds, seven year olds about sexual issues and gender issues. And I just tell them, you have to start with the truth. Schools are starting with a lie. They're going to hear it from somewhere. And generally, kids, whatever they hear first is what they're going to believe. Mm -hmm. So because they're going to hear it in school, you have to beat the school to it. That's so good. It breaks my heart, breaks my heart that parents are having to have this discussion with five-year-olds. But it doesn't have to start with sexuality. It starts with the truth. And the truth is Genesis chapter 1, 2, and three yeah that's where the truth of gender and sexuality begins yeah so grab their bible their children's bible every week read genesis chapter one two and three and then for the first month or two make your emphasis and your explanation of what god is saying genesis chapter one and Genesis chapter two, mm-hmm. and then eventually, le- and and let them know the goodness of God and how He created us. And when they're built up in that, then bring in Genesis chapter three and talk to them o- about what happens when sin comes in, when lying comes in. Because the biggest lie of all is when Satan said, "Did God really say you were going to die?" Right. And right. then what happened? Yeah. We died spiritually. That's right. And now all this is happening because of that lie that Satan brought to Eve and she believed. So all this is is all based on on deception. So build them up in that truth. And then you can say, you know how we've learned God created boys and girls, men and women, mommy and daddies. Um, Sometimes not everybody feels that same way. And sometimes they're like, well, let's try boy with boy and girl with girl girl and boy that sure feels weird and that isn't the way god wants it but golly it seems like some people are doing that and we don't want to hate them and we don't want to participate in that but we want to when we see that we want to stop and say mommy what is that is that what we were talking about in genesis chapter three and then mom is Mm. like yeah that is hey honey let's pray for them lord we pray that these two people over here that we see would come to know you so that they can live the way you want them to in jesus name amen and that's it and then as they get older because they're going to experience kids in school with two moms or two dads, or right. their teacher's going to be gay or trans, or one of the kids is going to be Sally in first grade and right. Billy in third, you know, second or third grade. And so when they come home, you will be a safe place for them to talk again. How does that make you feel, honey? Oh, they have two mommies. What do you think about that? And so they have a safe place already to talk through that with you, starting from kindergarten or preschool. Just is so good and so practical. I mean, I just this is this is what parents need to hear. Did you have something to add? No, there? we're up against it. So if you want to tease for what she's going to do this yes, weekend, that well, would be good. Well, I just wish we had more time. But you do have more time if you want to join us on Sunday morning. We have three services: Sunday morning um, at eight, nine thirty, and eleven fifteen. Patty's going to be here sharing about these issues and practical ways to deal with them, as far as what's going on as well. Very educational, very helpful, and even just things and that this whole thing being proactive and just just Genesis one, two, and three. The basics the foundation of our faith it is so good it is so needed and your ministry is so needed and i told you that years ago and i say it more than ever god's raised you up for such a time as this and it's so needed it's such a blessing thank you for being here i'm excited about sunday morning i can't get enough i just like hearing this because i feel look i'm a pastor you're equipping me you're equipping me because even as a pastor who studies the word all the time i don't always know the practical ends of these of all these types of things so it's huge for all of us and so what a blessing it is and again your websites all your stuff before this is done 
tell everything again how do people can get info from you out of egypt ministries.org yes is my website and then just my youtube station is patty height yeah and i will actually unless the lord changes it my plans are right. to be talking about gay christianity what is it and is it even a thing wow. on sunday well that's so great we're so glad to have you today and i can't wait to have you on sunday it's going to be such a blessing this has been such a blessing so thank you so much patty thank you for having me yeah so yeah we only wish that this show was two hours long today yeah no between kidding. gino and patty it's truly been a blessing and, and what an enlightenment to talk about the worship of self is the ultimate issue right there i mean that's enlightening for sure folks next friday at 1 30 we will have more signs of the times to discuss so make sure to join us then until then have a great weekend choices you may ever make in life may not be the choice between good and bad. It will probably be the choice between good and great. You can spend your time doing so many good things that you may miss out on the great thing God wants you to do. Bad is an enemy of good, but bad and good can be enemies of great. Don't settle for avoiding a bad choice. Follow God to the great plan that never settles for good enough. WIAM 101.1 FM, The Way. I get restless.